Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey guys, it's Johnny and welcome to episode 76 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with my really good friend, Chris Lill from Irvine, California. Welcome, buddy. Thanks, you for having me. Yeah, so how did you end up here? How do we know each other, actually? Uh, I met you maybe eight or nine years ago while we were both in college. I knew your roommate, Curtis, and I met him through our mutual friend. It's either John or Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just met you. So that- basically college friends. Uh, and when, when I first moved out to Thailand, how did, did, did you, what did you think? And what brought you here now, seven years later? At the time, I didn't even know that you had moved out. Uh, I think it was John that told me about it. And I thought, oh, man, that sounds fucking rad. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the time I just got into jiu-jitsu. I was like, dude, maybe I should travel and do jiu-jitsu because Johnny is traveling and doing scuba diving, something he loves. And if he can do it, why can't I do it? And and then seven years later, what what made you finally move (laughs) (laughs) out? Well, you kind of switched life paths and started making money on the Internet becoming a digital nomad is I guess what they call it now yeah and that sounded really cool to me and so, interesting so you're technically a digital nomad now too so I'm technically a digital <laughs> nomad now too yeah and I'd, I'd left my job that I'd been at for like almost six years and here I am so what was that job what, what did you do I was a business analyst at an insurance company okay so kind of what Chandler does in Friends not exactly what Chandler does in Friends <laughs> but I, I would basically mash data together yeah, from SQL and other Excel spreadsheets and make reports out of them. So basically something that I, I still don't understand even though you explain it 10 times. Yeah. And I'm sure nobody listening to this understands. <laughs> it's so, not that interesting. Okay. So you are, I guess you're somewhat te- tech savvy then? I'm um, tech savvy enough. Okay. And do you remember, I think it was two years ago when I came back to the U.S. for someone's wedding. I don't remember who. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, Chris, like, I, I finally figured out how to make money. <laughs> Like, you need to do this as well? Yeah, you actually sent me a, a weird textbook or Facebook message about it. I was like, what the fuck is this spam from Johnny? I was like, his account got spammed again. And and then, sure enough, he when I met up with him, you told me all about your new dropshipping course that you took and introduced me to it and kind of showed me the ropes. Yeah, and then, so we, we actually started a store together. Yeah. Uh, and... Then I didn't hear. That was like, I right, well, just just run it, you know. I, basically, my my goal wasn't actually to make money from that store or the store. I tried to start with Jason. The store I tried to start with my other friends, you know. I was just like, well, I want to teach you guys how to do this because sure. I learned it. Sure. And it was at the time. I don't know how much money I was making. I probably I probably wasn't making that much, but I was making like you were making already almost a sale every day when I saw you because you. were well, no. I remember we were at, what was it, John's Garage, yeah. where he where he had that car, or he had that auto shop, or whatever the okay. fuck it was. And I remember your uh, your Shopify um, alert going off on your phone. You would jump up and down, <laughs> you know, and you'd be like, I just made $150 on nice. this sale. And I was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, so... I think that's... Because it was cool being in U.S. business hours, because normally, you know, in Thailand... I get all the sales while I'm sleeping. So it's nice waking up having new sales, but it was super cool being, hanging out with my friends at my friend's garage when he was working on his car. Yeah. And then getting a sale live and be like, wow, you know, I can't believe I just made money while kicking it, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is what we do a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I was really excited and I was like, all right, Chris, we're doing this. And I think I tried, I tried showing like three or four friends how to do it, you know? Yeah, I remember. And one of them, uh, Adam, he's successful. He's in Saigon now. And then you're pretty successful. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's two people who just gave up. They just never even... They didn't never really started, if you think about it. Like, literally, as soon as I left, and I was like, all right, here's 10 things for you to do. They, they did, like, one of them, and they're like, uh... Okay. uh yeah, I followed through on that 10 things list. Yeah. And that, that niche doesn't really generate too much money right now it's still mm-hmm. i still get a monthly income from it a couple hundred dollars okay it's nothing to write home about but 
you know, it's still something for doing nothing or something nice. for doing some work a long time ago. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. cool, right? No, it's it. really cool because it, it really, really got my feet wet and introduced me into this this kind of workflow Yeah. so that the next store that I made, I generated more money. And then I did made, I built another one and then I built another one. Yeah. I built another one. I think that was kind of the whole whole point of it, you know? I mean, I was, it was, I mean, I think at that time I was like hoping it'd be a home run as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fact that you make a couple hundred bucks from a month mm-hmm. and it's pretty much passive, right? Pretty much. So that's awesome. And then, so now, Chris, what's your, what's your goals with dropshipping, especially well, while you're out here? Well, I was, I was talking to a, it's not a supplier, but I guess it's a colleague of mine that works with other sellers and dropshippers at work. And he he told me about a guy that he an account that he'd gotten and the guy had almost half a million SKUs of just everything so a SKU is a unique product number I guess yeah yeah it's a it's like an individual product of okay you know, so like white toilet you know 26 inches yeah exactly <laughs> okay <laughs> so so the guy basically had access to literally anything you need ever like he was his own overstock.com basically mm-hmm. So my goal is to get to that number as well. You know? So I think that's cool because most of us were doing these niche stores. You know, I would say mm-hmm. almost everyone following Anton's course is doing niche stores because it really mm-hmm. is the best way to get started, best way to work. But then you're kind of taking it to a new level or a different level. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I want to be overstock.com or I want to be Wayfair or Haynito.com. Yeah. Sure. I think, I think my – I actually credit my ability to handle this many SKUs to my six years experience at a corporate job because mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be able to keep keep track of all the data and all the just all the shit that yeah. goes along with it so I couldn't normally like when like when I start a store I manually upload each product page mm-hmm. you know so I, I get a product you know let's say it's the white toilet 26 inches mm-hmm. I will physically like find photos for it upload them write the description saying mm-hmm. uh, this is an American made toilet you know it's made out of porcelain uh it fits standard pump plumbing. It's easy to install. Yep. You don't do that for your... How many products do you have now? Uh, I have close to 50,000 SKUs in total, okay, including so all my niches. Basically 50,000 products. 50,000 products. <laughs> 50, <000 laughs> and how many do you hope to have by by the end of your three months here in Thailand? So I'm, I'm here for three months. Yeah. And so far, I've been uploading about 150 SKUs every other day. So maybe almost 500 a week but I really really want to scale that up mm-hmm. I hope to have at least 300,000 by the time I leave That's which insane. will be September okay so you so obviously you're not uploading them individually you, you're doing you're uploading by like a CSV correct I upload in bulk so I I, I make I, I write code to kind of mash all the data together I download all the pictures automatically okay and everything gets uploaded in bulk then if there's problems I correct them individually then it's really easy then all right, so you're uploading CSVs, which are comma-separated values. So I've never uploaded one of those before. Um, I, it's cool knowing that like whatever you did at your old job has given you the skills to be able to do this on your own. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't think I would be able to get here as quickly. I think I would have got here eventually. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this doesn't require super technical skill, but it, it sure did speed up the process a lot. Okay. So now you're making enough money to, to live out in Thailand. Easily. Okay. And were you... Okay, so back home... Okay, what made you... What like, Seriously, what took you so long to quit your, quit your job and come here? You know, I don't know. Maybe I, I made the fear of the unknown. I was already I was already kind of bored of where I was at. You know, I'd, I'd just moved to Irvine. I'd been there almost six years. I'd been at my job about the same amount of time, six years. Uh, I stopped getting promoted. Yeah. Uh, just general boredom, honestly. I, did, I needed to break the monotony. Okay. So I, I, I remember I, when I texted you or whatever, I, I was just at home, bored, sick, one day kind of a sore throat, and I was like, shit, there's nothing to do here. So I was like, man, if I'm going to be bored, I may as well be bored in Thailand in an awesome place with Johnny. And, and have you been bored since you've been here? Not at all. I've <laughs> probably been doing too much stuff, to be honest. I'm like exhausted day to day, but it's ha- I'm having such a blast. It's been a, such an amazing past three weeks. Like... Okay, what have, what have we done in the last three weeks? Well, um, literally the day after I landed here, we went on a two, three-day jungle hike where we went <laughs> through the, the mountains of Chiang Mai, uh-huh. which was awesome. We hiked to like two different waterfalls. 
we did a rafting thing. It's like six hours of hiking a day, yeah. swimming in random lake pond things and. And so the reason why I had Chris do it the morning after we arrived isn't just to be a dick, <laughs> but it's it's the best way to combat jet lag. Yeah, I still don't know if that's true because I was exhausted the whole day, <laughs> the whole couple of days afterwards. You know, still waking up at 5 a.m. going, shit, he lied to me. I think he just wanted to, to go on a, on a hike and wanted somebody to go with. But you know what? If it wasn't, all right, so if it wasn't for resetting your circadian rhythm, you would have been waking up at like 2 a.m. Like, so you, you gave me three hours? Yeah. You know, <laughs> kind of helped helped you a bit. You're welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. And so, what else have we done? Um, it seems like I'm doing more. I, I almost want to say random things that I mm-hmm. wouldn't normally do back home. So, what what, what did we do the last couple of weeks? Um, we went went to two night markets. Uh-huh. We went to a Swedish midsummer festival. What was that? <laughs> uh, I, I guess the Swedish people get together. Midsummer to celebrate like the some farming ritual thing that just carried on, but I honestly think it was just an excuse to drink and get together. So, but, so tell, but, tell everyone about the experience. Oh, it was really neat. He didn't. You didn't explain to me exactly what it was. I said to you, bro, we're gonna go to Swedish Midsummer. You said we we're going to Swedish Midsummer. I had no idea what that was. So I put on a board, pair of board shorts, tank top, and sandals, and came over. I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And then, little did I know, we actually had to hike, maybe, not long, maybe 20 minutes, down a rocky-ass cliff to a waterfall. But I literally had sandals on, so I had to take them off and do this barefoot trek down there. But ultimately, it was beautiful. We had a good time. I met a lot of really cool people that I'm still talking to today. <laughs> you know? So, the setting, what was the setting of it? Uh, the setting was kind of funny, too. When we got there, there was like 15 girls and this one guy, Kevin, all super cool people. Yeah. And they were just at a waterfall. Uh, just, they were all in their swimming gear, too. It was just like well, I walked into heaven. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> we're having a picnic at a waterfall with like 10 girls. and you know, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> this is what the Swedes do? Yep, that's what they do. <laughs> And what was funny is right next to them, like just probably around the corner. Yeah, we uh, we, we we met Chris. I, it's Johnny's. I use my friend Christopher. now, yeah. Christopher, who I'd met literally the day before at a barbecue. He just he, happened to be there, just like he wanted to go for a swim, and then not more what happened to be there. And he was next to like ten monks <laughs> in orange robes who were bathing in the waterfall. <laughs> Yeah, I almost thought he was a part of that monk crew. I was like, yeah, because he has a shaved head. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that. He's like right next to him. I was like, whoa, would you conforming to be a monk? Or? So these are some of the weird things that you see in Chiang Mai. Actually, yes, you took a photo of me yesterday that you said sums up my life in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so since I've been here, I've been making you do Brazilian jiu-jitsu with me, and you bought a gi finally. Yeah, and. Usually it's a social faux pas to, to wear it out outside of your academy <laughs> or whatever back home. But you literally got done doing jiu-jitsu, jumped right back on your scooter, still wearing your gi, brand new white belt, and just <laughs> rode home with it on. <laughs> got a good picture of it too. You can post it later. I'll, I'll post it uh, on the show notes of this. is I think episode 76. But you know what? Honestly, if I was back in LA, I probably would feel too embarrassed to go in public in a in a so a gi is a kimono it's um basically imagine you know if someone's doing like taekwondo the like the white uniform that they wear Mm -hmm. and being a white belt isn't really cool you know (laughs) like uh so especially when it's like a brand new shiny white gi that looks like you know it looks like you just bought it let alone riding it on a moped (laughs) yeah on a scooter and the thing but here's the thing is i'm i'm I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Why should that matter? You know, if I was back in LA, why should it matter that I'm riding a scooter and getting great gas mileage, you know, having super low expenses, you know, be able to park it anywhere? And like, why can't we do that at home? Like, you know, why is this like a social faux pas? You know, unless you buy a Vespa, which is like $10,000. I don't know. I feel, I feel, I feel more free out here, I guess yeah. I want to say. Like, I stopped shaving. Yeah. Right. I I I literally stopped wearing underwear. I'm wearing. <laughs> so thank I, you I've, been, I've been wearing board shorts literally 24 hours a day. Which is funny because we're not by the beach. Yeah, we're not by the <laughs> beach, but it's hot as balls out here, so yeah. I don't want to wear as many, as least amount of clothes as possible. 
but yeah there's just so much more freedom right there is just so much more freedom like like you keep telling me you know it feels like i'm in college again yeah but now i'm in college and i feel like i have a 30 year old brain so i bring all that experience to of how to make money how to have a lot of fun you know how to meet new people you know, and, we have mo- and we have money now. Yeah, and we have money. To and spend. we don't have classes to go to. <laughs> yeah, no bullshit to deal with. There's no responsibility. I feel like I have no responsibility to anything out here. Okay, so what was... Okay, honestly, I, I've kind of forgotten what normal life is like because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. What are some of the day-to-day or week-to-week acti- responsibilities you had that you don't have to do anymore? Uh, well, it'd be easier to describe back at when I had a job back home. But, you know, I mean, just doing laundry... Um, doing dry cleaning, God, getting to bed at a normal hour. Like now I'm, well, you know, it's bad. I'm going to stop this. But I've been going out like four nights a week getting smashed and then going to work. But when I'm working, I'm working hard, you know, like that's going to stop. But I, you know, I don't know, like going to even, I felt even going to bed at a decent hour was tough because I eat on a weird schedule. And like you know, back home in Irvine, if you don't eat by eight thirty, you're either cooking your own dinner at nine p.m. or going hungry because nothing's open anymore. Um, and food? What do you th- what do you think the food? Here? Oh, the food here is amazing. So I've been intentionally trying to eat for less than four dollars a day some days for no reason. Yeah, for no, because it, you're, it, make, you're making it, a lot more money. Yeah, it's, I'm making more money than that, but it's it's just kind of funny taking pictures of what I'm eating and sending it back home, and I I just want to see if I can do it. And honestly, it's more work. Than it's worth to try to save that money because the food's so cheap, generally speaking, anyways. <laughs> and it's so good everywhere. I literally don't think I've had a bad meal since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so uh, so who have you been sending these photos to and how they've been reacting? Um, I've been meaning to post them, but I'm just so lazy. But I usually <laughs> send it to my WhatsApp groups, my brother, you know, just, just my friends. Yeah, and how do they react? Um, generally the same way, like just disbelief I guess you know like I have a friend back home that never cooks like he just never ever cooks and he lives in a pretty nice house in Corona Del Mar kitchen's full of dust because nothing ever happens there and he eats every single meal out mm-hmm. that guy would just be in heaven here <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yeah like food here is so easy it's so cheap and it's, it's been so good too like yeah it really oh, it's been, been amazing like I, I think the most expensive meal we've had was like a buffet Mexi- well, that was Mexican food. Oh, that, oh yeah, I forgot yeah. that. That was a Mexican buffet. But the normal food, I think for like normal Thai food, the most we spent is like five bucks. Yeah, yeah. Or that hot pot barbecue place, whatever we did. That was after. five bucks. Yeah, that was four dollars and eighty cents. Yeah, something that was like good. That. that was legit. Yeah. Man, and then so jujitsu, we 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 just go to the local university club and basically just roll for free. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of refusing to pay for anything out here. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been trying to take a break from jiu-jitsu anyways. And this yeah. is a good break. I can roll at my own leisure, I guess. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm glad you're here um, that I'm doing it as well because it's been one of those things that I've been, I've been enjoying as part of my life for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I've been avoiding it lately is just because I don't want to get injured again. But I think rolling with you is really good because you're not a spaz, yep. you know? Yep. Like, you're not, you know, and then you're lots lighter than me. So, you, you know, you're not going to destroy my my joints yeah yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm probably really really um careful when i roll i'm probably too careful i can probably use a little bit more more of that smash and aggression but uh-huh. i don't know it's not my style it's not my personality mm-hmm. i kind of roll to my personality and i kind of let my opponent dictate my level which is kind of bad at the same time especially in jujitsu okay you know you want to force everyone to play you know your game as they say but so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm such a beginner in jiu-jitsu that I can't really speak on how my mindset's going to change as, as I get better. But as of right now, my goal would be to never care who taps me out and just be like, you know, if, if I have to tap, I tap. Uh, so, so tapping, if you guys aren't familiar with jiu-jitsu, is basically saying, okay, like you haven't made a submission or in a leg lock or an arm lock. And if I don't submit, if I don't tap and say, okay, I give up, uh, there's a potential of me hurting myself or... You know, getting the blood cut off to my my brain and, and passing out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> so my goal, I think my goal would be to try not to get in bad situations. But as soon as I do, I'm just gonna tap. I'm gonna tap early. You mm-hmm. know, as soon as my arm or legs in danger, I'm just gonna tap. I don't care. Oh, that's what I would recommend to everybody. Okay. Even though I'm a little bit of different of the opposite. <laughs> like, if I can fight, if I can fight a submission, I'll fight it till the death until I'm about to pass out. And then I'll be like, all right, fine, I'll tap. But but if I know I'm gonna get hurt, I'll tap right away. Okay, that's good. You know. 
So jujitsu is such a cool sport. You know, it's um, if you, if you ever watch UFC, it's what they do when they're on the ground, and it was cool being able to buy an actual gi here. Um, <laughs> I would recommend if you are coming to to, ta- to Chiang Mai specifically or Phuket, and you do jujitsu to bring your gi because uh, you can buy them here, but they're kind of limited in sizes. And there's only one place that has it, uh, but. A year ago, two years ago, I would say like, oh, like don't bother bringing it. There's not enough people. But now it, the community's kind of growing. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. There's like Facebook groups out there. Yeah, constantly trying to get people to train together. So the other, okay. So besides uh, jujitsu, you also tried yoga for your first time. Oh, I, I oh, we went to a yoga retreat on what was that Sunday? Two days yeah, ago. International Yoga Day for International Yoga Day. So I mean, it was Chris's first time ever. <laughs> it was from. 9 a.m. to almost 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Just all yoga. And then we had so, dinner with everyone after, so we got, yeah. we got... It was basically 9 to 9 almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a different experience. It was fun, though. It was good, right? It was definitely fun. But what's cool, it just... All right, it kind of shows... First off, there, there's a huge yoga scene in Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. So if you're into that, it like, there's so many schools, so many people doing it. You know, There was probably like 40 people that day that yeah. showed up. Um but then it also shows how many events there are in Chiang Mai. Yeah, it's like a never-ending flow of, of Facebook events that I see my friends going to. Yeah. Like every every other post is, you know, so-and-so is attending this and so-and-so is saying, I'm like, wow, there's so much shit just going on. So why doesn't that happen more in the U.S.? I don't know. Yeah, I, Maybe it does, but I think people are just stuck in their own routine, maybe. You know, and, and anyone that comes out here... Anyone that comes out here is looking to do something new and different and fun. Uh-huh. So I, th- I think it's maybe the attitude. And meeting new people. Yeah, and meeting new people. Right. And the fact that everything's so close. Right, right. Chiang Mai is a relatively small city, so you know, getting to and from any place is really easy. It's less than a buck to take a taxi. Or and whatever. you've been taking a lot of cabs, right? I've been taking a lot of cabs. But yeah. also been getting a ride from you. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I'll have to get my own scooter right now. Yeah. But, I mean, it's easy. And then, like, most of these events have been free, too. Or like 90, super cheap. Ninety percent of them have been free. I want to say. Yeah. You know, like the only thing I think we paid for was yoga, and that was like ten dollars for yeah. a whole day, including lunch. Right. right. <laughs> and uh, we went to a pool party. We went to a pool party, free also. Yeah. That was really fun. I literally met almost everybody I've met in Chiang Mai mm-hmm. at that pool party. And it was kind of like a. It was almost kind of like a Vegas style pool party. Yeah. But instead of being fifty dollars, <laughs> it was it was free, and then. If you want to pay $30, you can get a wristband. Yeah, for unlimited drinks. Yeah, all you can drink all day, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah. All right. So, uh, do you are, you are you happy you moved out here? So far, it's been treating me really, really well, man. I mean, okay. I, I, I told you earlier, the worst thing that's happened to me this whole time is I thought I lost my keys for <laughs> one day, and then I didn't. <laughs> so, you know, I have no stress. Again, stressing no responsibility. You know, my, my stores are doing well. Do you, th- do you think your business is growing while you're here? Uh, I think it's growing while I'm here, definitely. But I'm putting a lot of hours into it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was still growing when I was back home, too. Because I took it, I didn't take it seriously when I was back home. Otherwise, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't even be here now, mm-hmm. you know. So, would, okay, so I, I can tell that you're, like, the super conservative type. Yeah. Was your, goal, was your plan, like, okay, if I'm not making, you know, 2000 or 3000 a month, I'm not moving here? It was exactly that. If Did I, you have I, a number in your head? I didn't have a number, but I, I, I put it to the point where I I wanted to be able to make consistent money uh-huh. and have it grow, and I did. So every every month has been has grown, you know. Yeah, my revenues got up every single month consistently, and that I guess that's what I was looking for. Whether it was five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars, and then a thousand to two, and as as long as I saw growth. I was happy to move out here. I didn't want to run out of money and go hungry and broke in Thailand and be like, Johnny, I need help. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, if, if you did, I'd, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, thank you. Do you think you could have made it happen if you came sooner? Yeah, I think I could have ma- made it happen sooner, too, as well. I was just, you know, again, I'm stuck in my routine. And, you know, I don't... And I love California. I still yeah. like living in California. It's a great place. You know, I, I'm American at heart. You know that. I, I shoot guns. I... I sell guns. Yeah. Um, I love overeating. I love doing everything to abundance. Yeah. So you sell everything, right? Like I literally sell everything, I think. Okay. What are, what are some things you sell? So, so I sell everything from toilet bidets 
So <laughs> long distance precision firearms. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's okay, so why why did you decide to like create these mega mall stores instead of niching? Well, it started off it started off as a niche, yeah. right? But then, you know, some suppliers offered way more stuff than I wanted. Yeah. Right? So like let's say, you know, supplier X had 3000 SKUs they can give me. Uh-huh. And I only needed 50 of them. Uh-huh. You know, for this niche, but I was like, dude, what a waste of what a waste of, you know, 1500 products or whatever mm. that I could use. So then I would start another store. And be like, all of a sudden I had two stores now and I would just clone them. Yeah. You know, do identical things, I market them, put them on marketplaces. You know, so I was like, you know what? Every new supplier I get, I'm just going to add them to a store. And eventually, I found success in listing them on marketplaces, and I would still make sales off of my websites. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to... I'm just gonna get everything. <laughs> Anything that anybody sells, I will sell as well. Okay, so if you have, if you have something that you want sold, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I honestly think that's a, a, such a cool thing, and like honestly, things like selling guns, I didn't think it was possible. You know, like yeah. people, and I think most people, you know, for most people, it's not possible because it's and it's not that it's not possible for most people, it's not like a feasible, easy thing to do because mm-hmm. you can't advertise it on Google, right? You can't advertise it on a Facebook, right? You can't advertise it at the conventional ways that you know yeah. we even taught for internet marketing. Yep, and you can't like sh- you know you can't ship it directly to someone using FedEx. You have to go through like firearms dealer, something like that. So, but you know what? Obviously, people are buying these things, right? Yeah. So it, it's funny because you know the firearms website gets the most organic traffic uh-huh. of any site and you almost have to do nothing. I think there's just such a high demand for it or I, I don't know what it is, honestly. Well, I think it's, it's because there's such a big barrier to entry that most, there's not that many people, there's not that many internet retailers selling guns. And by guns, like what, what kind of guns do you actually sell? God, everything really. So most, most suppliers inside the firearms business will offer you their whole category because to even get an account with them, you have to be an FFL. Okay. So, you know, literally everything from Glocks to shotguns to optics, <laughs> magazines, ammunition, red dots. And that's so so crazy, so weird and so crazy. But you know <laughs> what? Like, I've always said, if it's if it's a product that people are buying, want to buy from us. Yeah. Well, it's not. It wasn't only that. Um, it was more of a passion project to start out with, yeah. so that me and a buddy of mine can get. Cheap equipment, cheap guns, cheap ammunition. Yeah, it was basically for myself. And uh, you know, at the time we were, he was, he was off work, and we were both like, you know what? Why don't we just start a store? You, you, you make these websites selling niche products, anyways. Yeah. Why don't we sell one? Why don't we start one selling guns? I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and would you have been happy with it, even if you never made a sale? You just, you just got the discount. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. I've, I've, I've pissed away so much money on <laughs> firearms now. It's. It's kind of sad. But I'm sure you're happier that you can both get a discount and you can make some money. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We've we've definitely made money starting it, but... And so, like, the customers, you know, the customer questions you get, do you, like, do you, like, do you enjoy handling that because it's your your hobby? I I definitely do. I I do not mind answering a question about anything firearms related. Okay. It it comes down to passion, I guess, right? Like, I don't... I don't necessarily give a shit what kind of a couch you want to buy and yeah. how to go with the room. It's just not me. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just good at listing it and selling it. But I think with firearms, it's a little bit different. I don't mind taking like a 30-minute phone call to answer <laughs> questions about what you think, you, what I think you should have, what you're going to use it for, <laughs> what I like to shoot, things okay, like so that. Okay, what, so what gun, what gun suits me the best? What, what, gun, should, what, what the gun, best? gun should I buy? Um, what gun should Johnny buy? I think... I, you had a shotgun before and you really liked it. I think that would be good for you. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Why? Well, because handguns and... Handguns, I personally don't care for to shoot. They're fun. You know, it's still fun to go downrange, blow 400 rounds or whatever, and go home. But I think you're more like me. And you won't like a handgun, but I think you like shotguns. Like, we, I went varmint hunting one time. And that's so much fun with a shotgun. What's a varmint? It's like a small game animal, like like a small squirrel or something like that. And yeah, you just unload shotgun shells at them in in their general direction. It doesn't take much aim, much practice at all. And I think you'd be really good at that. I I think that's what I do with my blog posts. I just like write, I just start writing whatever I want without doing any research. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Shotgun approach. 
something will stick, so, you know, something people will like. Mm-hmm. And you seem like a random kind of a guy. I kind of am know? a random guy, yeah. So I do precision shooting. I don't think you'd have the patience no, for that. I hate that. Huh? Yeah, you'd hate it. So I think. Maybe yeah, all right. Good shotgun. Okay. Done. I'm, I'm going to order one. <laughs> no. Nowhere to get. No, actually, so one of the reasons why I like not being in the US is I don't buy a bunch of crap that I don't need. <laughs> I like really think twice about do I need this? Do I want to wait for the shipping or like deal with, you know, where to find something? Dude, I was looking to buy that shaver thing today on Amazon. Yeah. It was eleven ninety nine. Yeah. And then it was seventeen dollars to ship. But they had a twenty two dollar tax on it or import mm. tax. I was like, fuck. This eleven dollar thing costs fifty dollars or whatever yeah. it is to get to me now. You know, but, and immediately I was like, okay, never mind. But guess what? Here's the thing is we end up buying so many eleven dollar items back home mm-hmm. that they take up space. They end up, you know, like most half of those things we probably never use more than once. Yeah. You know, and half the other like a lot of those things we don't really need. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't become a eleven dollar burden on us. It yeah. becomes a bigger burden. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Like right now I'm you know, in two weeks I'm gonna go to um Phuket. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what I can and can't take with me. So I'm just like, okay, I just I just won't buy shit. Yeah. So that everything I have right now will just fit in this backpack I can go. Then I gotta go to Colombia for a little while too. And I hear there's a digital nomad scene down there, so I'm thinking, why don't I spend a little bit of time there? Because I gotta do that visa run anyways. Uh-huh. So, you know, what if I spend some time in Colombia, I can check it out, if it exists at all, yeah. or if it's just a myth or whatever the hell. I don't know. I don't know anyone in Colombia anymore, so <laughs> I don't know how big the seed there is there. But, yeah, I mean, so, like, for me, I really do believe that, you know that old uh, saying, like, a penny saved is a penny earned? Yeah. I believe that, but not a penny. Like, I don't care about pennies. <laughs> but if... Every other day, I'm spending 20 bucks or 50 bucks buying some crap I don't need. That adds up so much. Like, that really, really adds up. Well, yeah, it definitely does. So, I'm living to the minimalist lifestyle I can possibly right now, right? Again, everything's got to fit in my backpack when I go. Yeah. So, all right, so what were you spending in Irvine? What are you spending here? God. Well, I'm still paying for my insurance on my on my health and my car, mm-hmm. but I think just generally speaking, lifestyle, just like going out and being social, like I wouldn't I wouldn't go out every single night out there just because, you know, one it's expensive, two. I feel there's just not as much shit to do. Like I can only <laughs> I can only go to a restaurant and eat with friends so many times before I'm like, okay, let's do something new. Okay. But out here, I feel there's like so many activities and everything's so cheap that I don't mind doing it. Mm-hmm. You know. And we meet people from like the weirdest countries. Yeah, it's and it's not maybe maybe it's that too. Like, I'm always meeting interesting people, yeah. or like people similar to me because you know everybody again everybody packed up their shit and moved out here, mm-hmm. or is traveling out here for long term. Yeah, so it's almost like right away it it cuts out a lot of the negative people that you would normally meet mm-hmm. you know and I wrote a b- blog post about it recently the mm-hmm. 10 people I avoid and even though it uh you know some of that is written about people who I meet out here you know like data jade travelers or people just kind of bump into mm-hmm. in the US or back home man that was like an everyday occurrence you know there's so many people unhappy in the US mm-hmm. or and you know it's not just the US you know it's in the UK and South Africa and Australia mm-hmm. yeah sure and here in general most people are pretty happy I think generally speaking most people are here are pretty happy I have yet to meet a single dickheaded individual out here uh-huh. which is surprising to me maybe one or two yeah <laughs> I mean if you're a miserable dick in Newport or whatever you're gonna be a miserable dick here yeah so you know but generally speaking most people that are that have the attitude to come out here aren't miserable dicks yeah, and because the thing is, people kind of well, I would say most people have the the choice. They were like, they don't need to be here; they can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. I would say the only people who become a bit miserable are the ones that still have that like that scarcity mentality, even though they're living here. Mm-hmm. Even if they're starting to make some money like online or doing whatever they do, and they for whatever reason they can't shake that mentality, and they they still have you know they still think pessimistically and like like so. Here's here's an example is people who are making money either with the dropshipping store or selling on Amazon or selling, you know, just doing whatever they're doing, but they're so scared that it's going to go away. 
you know and who knows it might go away you yeah. know but first off the skills that we've learned we can replicate that in something else and most likely these things are not going away like yeah i i don't i don't know that they're going anywhere yeah i know, think things I, change a little bit maybe you find new marketplaces and so on mm-hmm. new places to advertise but mm-hmm. i mean e-commerce is not going anywhere people are buying shit people buy more stuff now than they ever have I, they definitely are they yeah. definitely are amazon's growing every day there's new marketplaces popping up all the time you know but like like definitely some people are kind of just caught in that mentality and you know what i, I was so close to being caught in that you know i was when before i before i discovered dropshipping i think it was when i was trying to just live as cheap as possible i really did have that negative mentality and i i even i remember random people you know commenting saying hey stop trying to live as cheap as possible like you know dude that that was the major reason why i never joined you six or seven years ago or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck because i remember you were like no what do you mean i'm sleeping on the gym floor i was yeah. like what i don't want to go to to some foreign country and sleep on the floor just <laughs> just so I can be free. Yeah. You know? I'll take my memory foam mattress bed <laughs> under this warm roof. <laughs> but you know what? For me, at that time, I was happy to sleep in a Muay Thai gym floor so mm-hmm. I can do Muay Thai all day. That was like my, my dream. And not have a job to go to, not have responsibilities. Yeah. But I also understand like why some people wouldn't want to do that. They're like, well, if I can't have it all, I don't, I don't want to do it. No, definitely. See, that, that, I, I kind of let you lay the foundation of the blueprint on how to, on how to make money as a digital nomad <laughs> and come out here. I saw your life. I was like, now I want that. <laughs> Show me how it's done. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so now I actually do have a memory foam mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. And I'm living in like a nice condo in a nice yeah. area. And I have money. Yeah. And I still get to do what I want to do. You're still doing whatever you want. Like so many days in a row here. People are asking me. I sit right next to you at the co-working space, and uh-huh. they're always asking me, "Where did Johnny go?" I was like, "Man, I have no idea. He just randomly closes up his laptop, goes on an adventure, goes meet—I don't even know who for lunch <laughs> half the time—and comes back as as he pleases." Yeah. And you know, I still, you know, he show, he generously shows me his sales and his ClickBank accounts. <laughs> he's making money, so <laughs> no one can really talk shit. You know. And you know what? It's it's that's the cool thing about this life is, if we put in the work and you know we build these businesses, if we want to take a take the afternoon off to hang out with someone, have coffee, sure. or you know randomly go to lunch, you know for three hours, or you know spend ha- you know like take half the day to go and buy a, a gi for jujitsu, <laughs> no one's gonna say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally came back yesterday with a gi and two kilos of lychees. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering where you went for like those two hours you were gone. I was like, where the hell did he go? And he pulls up on the scooter. He's got a gi in a hand in one hand. He's got a bag of fruit in the other one. I was like, what the hell did he just do? Yeah, well, whatever you like. <laughs> whatever you want. So, would you recommend this lifestyle to your friends back home? I most definitely would. There's okay. there there is not a single reason in the world not to do this. I think not everyone can do it though. I mean, you said it yourself too. Most people, or some people, are better as employees, or they're better off as employees. Mm-hmm. But even them, they can be an employee out here. They can, but they wouldn't be earning as much. You know. Well, I mean, not okay, so not a Thai employee, but like there's that um, the Australian guy that we had lunch with today. He he works for a company in in Australia. And he oh, just, like, he, like a remote working. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I tried to convince my job of that, but they, they wouldn't let me. But were, so, you, were you willing to walk away if they, if they didn't let you? I kind of did. <laughs> I, I, if, they, if they let me, I probably would still be there right now. Okay. If I had to tell you honestly. Because it's a paycheck and I can collect it. You know, it's like so easy. I already had that da- job down path. Like so you automated your... I automated most of that job away. Because all I had to do was shit out reports on schedule. You know, and... And that's real simple. So kind of in layman terms, can, can you explain what your job was and how you automated it? Sure. I would, I would, anything that wasn't like an ad hoc report or like something that they wanted, like a one-time deal on, uh, was always delivered on a schedule. You know, we have Monday morning meeting for this. You know, every, every day this has to be to our overseas partners by 4 p.m. You know, we have a month-end uh, management report I gotta do I got a month end accounting report I gotta do and all that stuff is stored in like the company database so you know I, I learned how to write scripts to automatically pull it at a certain time compile it 
munge all the data together, shit it out into a nice presentation, automatically email it for me. Automatically email it? <laughs> automatically emailed as well. And, and, all, and, you know, and obviously sometimes things change and obviously there would be errors in it every once in a blue moon. But someone would find it, like a manager would find it and be like, hey, Chris, what the, what, what the hell is this? This is wrong. I'd look at it and be like, oh, shit, this one process changed. Let me just modify it a little bit and then it would be fine for several months later. <laughs> and then every once in a while I'd make a mistake and then, oh, he's human. But, yeah. you know, he does everything quickly and efficiently and he's, everything's on time and it's right for the most part, <laughs> 99% of the time. So these scripts, do you write them in Excel or something else? So I, I, it's kind of funny. I, I was an Excel ninja at okay. first and then I was introduced, uh, a friend of mine was like, dude, you should just learn VBA. I didn't even know what that was at the time. You know, I was always just making models and using a ton of VLOOKUPs and shit like that. So I got a VBA for dummies book and I learned that. And those books are legit, surprisingly. Uh. Yeah. And I learned that. What does VBA stand for? Visual Basic for Applications. Okay. Which is still, I use a ton of it to make my CSV files to upload to my stores. Okay. But... Even that that had a lot of serious limitations. So then I learned Python. Is it another programming really, language? Another, that's another language. Real simple one to learn, too. I recommend everyone just learn it, just to learn it. I think everybody should learn at least one coding thing. Okay. Makes you super invaluable. And then I had to learn SQL for another thing when we merged with another company. And then so you basically wrote a small program. Right. Like, I, like, I, like an app or like what, like how does that work? Yeah, it, 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 I used everything in command line, so I would literally flip a switch and everything would go. Okay. And what would you do with, with all this free time then? Because I'm, I'm, after you wrote this program, like, what do you actually do at work? Uh, well, I, I had an AeroPress at work, so I would like grind coffee and <laughs> go to the break room and make my morning coffee while my morning accounting scripts were being run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would go to stand in the food truck line because there was always a long line always pissed me off <laughs> so I was always first in line <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I don't know man browse reddit uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure where the time went Do you oh, I, would, well, I would also I would also learn new things on my okay. own just, just to make my job easier and better and faster okay. so I wasn't always dicking around but okay. there was a lot of it was dicking around do you feel like any of that time was wasted um mm, Yes and no, because you know, I, I, I taught I, I taught myself how to code on that time off to do that, and I still use that skill today. So no, I don't think so. But I mean, what could I have been more productive? You know, I think the answer is always going to be yes. Yeah, I think one of my biggest regrets when I went when I worked at Honeywell is wasting so much time just you know knowing that I had a paycheck to collect. And, and, you know, sorry if, if my old boss hears this or anything, but I, like, I mean, I think just like most American workers, we'd, we'd come into work, check our email, and then just kind of do nothing for most of the day until 4 p.m. And then be like, oh, no, I need to make some calls or I need to, like, reply to these emails. I spent so much time just researching stuff on forums, printing crap out, like, filling out useless reports <laughs> yeah you know I, I don't even know where most of the time went anymore because you know I'm working for myself out here now yeah and like we, we we said earlier when we're not productive and you know when we have downtime we just close our laptops and go get coffee or whatever so yeah. I, th- I think I think now that we're I'm working for myself I'm more productive with my hours uh-huh. you know because I know how I know how valuable they are when I can go be doing something else that's super fun mm-hmm you know, instead of yeah, because if we're not enjoying ourselves, like we don't need to sit there, right? Yeah. Right. We're actually paying to sit there. It's just funny, yeah. you know. <laughs> so yeah, because we're yeah, because of the co-working space membership. Uh, so yeah, you know what? I do believe that. Like, where even though once in a while I'll take a break and I'll play like Hearthstone or something for twenty minutes while I'm at at work. Play like an hour and a half. An hour, and a, yeah. <laughs> twenty minutes. It's something I enjoy doing, um, and it kind of gets my mind off of whatever you know, like like what whatever work I actually had, uh, and it refreshes me. So then when I start doing it again, I'm good. But most of the time, if I know I'm not going to be productive at work, I just leave. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I think, 
I think I'm still letting some projects swell longer than I have to. Okay. Because yeah, I don't set any hard deadlines for myself. And you you see me. I'm, sometimes I'll just be sitting there when I, when I should be mashing on something and I'm not. For, I don't know why. I still probably need to break that routine. Or just go home. <laughs> or just go home. <laughs> And you live right behind Fun Space, so... Yeah, yeah, I can walk home and take a nap at any time. Oh, my favorite thing before, when I, when I lived in that same apartment, was leaving in the afternoon and just laying in bed and watching Game of Thrones. <sighs> and I remember, to me, it was such a blessing, knowing that if I wasn't feeling up for it, if I like just wasn't having a good day at work, if I was tired for whatever reason, or just, you know, I just wasn't productive... I didn't need to be there until 5 o'clock and just, like, look at the clock. But, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, Mondays or, yeah. Friday, you know, Friday, yeah. whatever. Sure. I could just be like, all right, I'm going to go home and watch Game of Thrones. And it was, you know, it's it's not a big thing. It's free. You know, it's like, you know. You know, honestly, you say, oh, it's Monday and you've grown or whatever. But I, I literally almost never know what day it is out here anymore. Yeah. Because we're almost doing whatever we want. Yeah. You know, it's such a great feeling. Do you wish that you would have came earlier? Yeah, I mean, I think I think my experience here has been a little skewed because you're taking me everywhere. You already know all the best restaurants. You're already super plugged into the community here, so you're introducing me to everybody. I feel like you've already filtered out all the bullshit that I have to deal <laughs> with. So maybe my experience is a little skewed, but yeah, I mean, I wish I came out here earlier. Yeah. So do you think that if you had come, like, let's say five years ago? No, not, not Johnny's Life five years you ago. You wouldn't have enjoyed that? No, I definitely wouldn't okay. have. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know me. I like to be comfortable. Yeah. You know? But you know what? Yeah, all right. So I'm not going to blame you for that because a lot of people do just enjoy comforts. Mm-hmm. But I think it's for most people, so many things will just come up where they, they will end up not coming at all. Yeah. Like I honestly think that like you, most people will never 100% be ready. I think you're a very unique person where you can make a plan. Yeah. And then you could be like, okay, I'm I gonna give myself two years. I stuck, I stuck to it. You know, I, I, you know, they say like, you know, timing will never be perfect. But yeah. I, I almost kind of made it perfect. Yeah. You know, like I, I left my job. They, they gave me a little bit of, of severance, I guess, to leave. I had a little bit of, okay, a lot of savings, and you know, I was able to collect during the time. I was able to build my store, up to the point where it was profitable, and stable. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> And then you came. Yeah. I literally booked a ticket, like, what, seven days out? Yeah. I was like, okay, this is perfect. <laughs> and I'm here. Hit the ground running. But for most people, I guarantee something's going to happen. Like, my, I remember warning you saying, don't, you know, end up buying a car. Yeah. Don't buy a motorcycle. Don't, yeah. Yeah. You know, don't sign another lease on a house. Right. Well, that, and that was the hardest part, really, was, you know, moving back. I had to move back home with my folks for a while. Now all my shit's there. I feel terrible about it. I'll probably go home and... You know, my I told you my goal is to live half the year here, half the year back in California because I still that, I still love it there. That wasn't your goal when you came though, right? No, my goal when I came was just to visit it and have fun. I guess just party for three months. But I, I love the lifestyle. Yeah, you know, and I love the people. And I actually specifically remember when you first said you were gonna come. You, the first number you threw out there was thirty days. Yeah, yeah, thirty days. And I convinced <laughs> you. I was like, I was like, trust me, get a tourist visa. So if you want to stay for two months. You can, and they have the option of staying for three. Well, no, it was actually, I was going to get a visa on arrival, which is only good for 30 days. Yeah. But like, no, 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 trust me. Because if, what if you just can't get a flight in 30 days, or you find one that's cheaper a few days later, you'll wish you had the visa, and then you'd have all the freedom. So you're like, dude, get a dual entry tourist visa. Okay. How did you do that? I actually had to take a day and drive up to LA, pay 80 bucks, uh-huh. and they, they issued it to me the next day. Okay. But it's pretty straightforward, right? Oh, it's straightforward. Okay. So, yeah, so, you know, if you don't live near LA, you can just Google whatever your local consulate you have, tie, like tie on consulate. Um, but, yeah, 100% get a at least a single entry tourist visa, if not a double entry. I would definitely recommend a double entry. Okay. Yeah, if, you know, if you're going to go there anyways, you should, you should get a double. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's like 40 bucks more, mm-hmm. but you don't have to go through the application process again. Yeah. Save, save yourself a trip. Okay. Was there anything that you wish that you would have brought or done differently? I got some things I can't say that I wish I would have brought, like I was telling you earlier. <laughs> More condoms? <laughs> <laughs> um, what could I have done differently? Oh, my shaver. I wish I had that fucking thing now. Beard, beard trimmer? Beard trimmer. <laughs> okay. Um, 
No. I think I have everything I need. I left my Chromecast at home. Bring a Chromecast. Okay. Because you can stream... I can stream from my tablet to my TV. and I can't do that. And I only get one English channel and it's pissing me off. Yeah. But it's a good movie channel. It's like yeah. all really, really recent movies. Or just bring a HDMI cable. Or you can bring an HDMI cable, but you know I'm like a wireless guy. <laughs> I, I actually thought about buying a... Um, whatever the Apple TV thing is. And then I was like, why do I need this? My laptop is four feet away from my TV. Can I just plug a cable in and just watch it off of that? Yeah, I guess. But then, I, you know, I'm working it off a laptop and I don't, you know, I'm real lazy. <laughs> That's what, you know what? I really think that most of the things that we spend money on we have back home in the U.S. is literally just our laziness. Maybe a little, but you know. Cause, yeah, because it, right, it sucks. is 20 bucks. Yeah, but you know what? These things add up. I guarantee if I lived in the U.S., I would have Chromecast. 100%. I would also have Amazon Prime membership. Yeah. Well, uh, we got the Amazon Business membership now, too. It's almost the same. Okay, so yeah. Uh, sign up for Amazon Business membership so you can get, what, free shipping? And what free else shipping, you got? Uh, well, it doesn't matter if you're not a business owner, but they'll issue you product ID numbers and things like that. Maybe ta- no, ta- tax breaks, yeah, maybe? tax breaks. But you know what? The thing is, everyone can be a business owner. Like I, I, I really, I really 100% believe this. I mean, like a dropshipping store... Like if you if you're a U.S. Um, if if you're a U.S. citizen, you can just be a sole proprietor, and it's basically like a five minute process of yeah. going online. For whatever reason, you have to do it during business hours, U.S. Even though it's online, which yeah. is stupid, but uh, you you know you say, hey, I'm making a business under my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is you know who I am. This is my social security number, and they give you a EIN, a basic federal tax ID number, and now you're a business owner. And then you can go to another website, like in California, you can go to, you know, the California resale license certificate, you know, website. And then they're like, here you go, you can buy stuff now at Costco or wherever you go, yeah. tax free. Yeah. And it's such, like, I used to think it was such a big deal to start a company. Yeah. And now I realize it's so freaking easy. Oh, it's so simple. And even now that I've started an LLC in Wyoming, like, that took me 20 minutes. I still need to do that. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, you don't even need to do it right now. You can kind of, like, it's one of those things you can just put off until... Is that right? Yeah, like, it's not that big of a deal. But if you want to do it, you know, it's a 20-minute process. I write about it on my blog. You know, I'll send you a link to it. But, it, like, things... People overcomplicate things. They definitely overcomplicate things. Even moving halfway around the world to Thailand. Yeah, it, it was... It was easier than I thought it would be. Like, uh, for, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I thought, like, oh, my God, I had to get this in order and this in order. I got to get all this other shit but and that's kind of why I booked a, uh, such a short ticket or I, I didn't have that much time before I actually left I didn't want to overcomplicate things I tend I typically tend to overthink everything mm-hmm. but I was like oh fuck I just let me just get a backpack and roll my clothes into it and I'm off I don't have time to fuck around with anything else that's good yeah. I think that's a good deadline for everyone to do yeah seven days seven days I think seven days is a bit short I would do I would do a month probably <laughs> But, you know, seriously, like, if, if you ever thought about moving on here, you know, you have a, buy yourself a plane ticket mm-hmm. a month out and then make a list of things you need to do. You know, get a double entry tourist visa, buy a beer trimmer. Buy a beer trimmer. Order another thousand box of condoms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just get an HDMI cable. <laughs> get it for your Chrome crass. Um, order a gi if you do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I mean, there's not that much you need to do. I mean, it's... And st- start some kind of business, you know? Like, it's... I really have tried, like, very earnestly to to get every one of my friends and people that just read my blog, you know, to to live this life, you know? Because I, I am genuinely happy. Like, you could, you could probably tell. Yeah. I'm, you are a genuinely happy guy. You can tell in your laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, what do you think my life would have been like if I had stayed in the U.S.? Like, what do you remember of me... What, what I was like and what do you think I would be now I don't know what you would be like back home in the US I don't I don't you're, you're definitely not a corporate guy you you. there's no way you would have hacked at that job for more than another six I, months I got fired from it oh that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright so I don't know maybe you'd be homeless <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks yeah. yeah I don't know I don't know that you would have discovered how to do e-commerce the no way no know. way now you're, you know, you have your own course. You're an affiliate. Uh, 
you know, you make you have multiple streams of online income, which is so awesome. Which is one of my goals while I'm here as well. Dude, like I firmly believe that having more than one stream is the way to go. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. I think I definitely think you got to. Cuz I'm I, I I feel so like, you know, we 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 say like we have to have the abundance mentality and on, online e-commerce isn't going anywhere. But, you know, like I fear like a business cycle recession could really hurt what I do cuz you know, you don't you don't have to buy. You don't a, need to buy yeah. a gun. Yeah, you don't need to buy a gun. You don't need to buy, you know, new bidet or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know, you don't need this. So, if I had another stream of income that was totally, totally, completely separate, kind of the way you have it, it would be nice. You know. Yeah, and, and I think even then, like even even you know, regardless of the economy, it's just nice having. Yeah, it's just nice having like two separate checks coming from a different direction. It's like, dude. And here's yeah. the crazy thing: is one doesn't affect the other. Right. Like, I've always kind of made a similar amount. Okay, so if you if you look back on my income reports on Johnny FD, I pretty much made the same amount for let's say my books, my Kindle sales. Like that hasn't changed that much, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I try, you know, I tweak things to optimize it a bit, but in general, it makes like two hundred or two hundred fifty dollars a month. That like it doesn't really change that much. It's kind of set, you know. In general, I make let's say five thousand dollars for my dropshipping stores. And that doesn't change that much unless I start another store that I can that I can grow, you know. But in general, like these things are kind of you know I'm gonna make that much regardless of if I create something else or not, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. But then now that I have another source of income, that just adds on top of it, you know. Like by me now having so when I have my my affiliate income, that doesn't affect my book sales or my dropshipping income, you know. If if I make a dollar or if I make $2,000 from it for the income, my actual stores are the same regardless if I'm promoting it or not. Everything you do is pretty hands-off though. Like once you have it, once you have it set up, you're not, you're not going in and fucking with it every day yeah, no. for hours on end. You know, you, you kind of set it up, you know, you'll take the month or how many, many weeks it takes to get it going. And once it's on autopilot, you kind of move on to another project. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think it's, I'll like update things once in a while. But I don't spend that much time doing it yeah. because I li- I really like I like semi I so I think ideally I would like completely passive income, but in reality, that's not like completely the completely passive income is a myth. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm very happy with semi passive income. Yeah, you know, like things that I can just take a look at briefly once a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, check an email. Like if I you know, like if I get an order, I'll fulfill it. If I don't, I just don't even look at the store. Oh, you don't even look at your email over the weekends. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and, you know, the, the things about, like, affiliate marketing, that's 100% passive now. You yeah. know? Like, I'll, I've, I'll set it up in the beginning, but then after that, it's, it, it like, things that you've done six months or a year ago, like a blog post I wrote a year ago will still get traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, a review I made on something, you know, Two years ago, we'll still get traffic, and I'll st- and I'll like sometimes I'll I'll see I'm like I'm like oh wow I can't believe I sold that like it's you know someone must have found a two year old blog post, <laughs> which is insane you know yeah that's incredible that's my uh, I'm I'm doing it next yeah that'll be my next project is it, is it it will all right well you I already promised you you're a member of the course I am so uh, Chris kind of let the cat out of the bag I, I I haven't really mentioned it um I don't think I actually I don't think I mentioned it on any of my podcasts yet. So the, at 59 minutes, <laughs> I'm going to mention it, but if you check my blog, johnnyfd.com, my new course is officially available. Uh, it's earnestaffiliate.com, and I'm excited for it. I mean, like, when I, I don't think you even knew I was doing No, you anything. actually kind of sprung it on me right before I came out here. What, what did I tell you? Um, I think you had a WordPress question, maybe. And yeah. And I was like, well, what? I thought you used Shopify for everything, and then... You told me about the course you were making. Oh, I think first you told me that you were, you were, your affiliate sales were going well. I think I asked you about some. Maybe it was that Chromecast uh-huh. YouTube thing. And then you showed me your newest project. And I was like, oh, my God, you've been working on this this whole time? Yeah. And you were, I, was, I remember thinking, dude, you're way more productive than me. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, let me have a membership to it. <laughs> so... Uh, I've had 20 people like so I think so I think so far as of today there's 20 paid members in the course just because I didn't want to blow it up yet I didn't want it like a million people joining and then having problems like with videos not loading or things like that but now you know everything's pretty much a hundred percent running smoothly the forms are up 
uh, all, most of the videos are up now and I'm adding new content every day. So now I'm very confident that if you join the course that you're going to get a ton of value out of it. You're going to love it. Everything's going to work smoothly. Uh, and my goal is to teach exactly what I did these last two years with my blogs, my, my YouTube channel, my, uh, my this podcast, and how I make money through affiliate marketing in a very kind of earnest and honest way, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really believe that you can make money recommending things that you genuinely use. I mean, is, like, is there anything I recommend that I don't use? No, absolutely not. Yeah, and it's like, it doesn't, and the thing is, by having some abundance mentality, if I recommend something that generally works, you know, to more people and they do it as well, and then they benefit from it, I will benefit from it in the long run. You know, I could think the short term and be like, I'm creating more competition for myself or so let's say I, I, I like one of the things I promote is Shopify because I use it. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I promote it, yeah, maybe, maybe they'll raise the monthly price and I'll, I'll end up paying more for it per month, you know, because they become more popular. But I'm not going to think that way. I'm mm-hmm. going to think, this is a service that I use that I really enjoy that I've gotten a lot of benefit from. Uh, I'm going to promote it and let everyone know how good it is. And if they sign up through my link, I get commission for it. And I'm not thinking of the, the short run, you know, creating more competition for myself. I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking these people that I recommended it to that start doing well themselves, like people like you, Chris, and like, you yeah. know, just like literally hundreds of other people now and it's crazy that some of them just randomly drop by fun space too yeah oh my god you're like a local celebrity (laughs) (laughs) and you know i really believe that the more people that i can kind of empower and show them you know because like chris is you know is a good friend of mine for i don't know how many years now since college so more than 10 years i think jesus you know like i can't personally sit down and show everyone like hey this is how i started my store yeah yeah you know hey let's call suppliers together like i just physically cannot cannot do it but by me recommending something like Anton's course, that because that's the course I took, other people can do it too, mm-hmm. you know. And then for affiliate marketing, this course is basically showing people exactly what I did. And I even had these case studies in there, which at first I was honestly a little bit hesitant to to, to show that much detail because I'm showing you guys exactly how much I make from each source, how I promote it. You know what where the traffic's coming from how much i make from from each thing and it's it's crazy because it's not i actually it actually forced me to sit down and look to see what my traffic sources are and they weren't what i thought they were mm-hmm. and then look at the product how much i'm making from each product and i realized i have i think i have between five and ten that make more than a couple hundred bucks a month nice and i honestly never calculated how much money i made from affiliate marketing until that day I spoke to you. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I remember it clearly. It stung. <laughs> it stung well, a lot. What did I say? Do you remember? Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily want to give a number either. But, you know. But, in so in basically in the course, I go I go through like my 2004 and 2000. No, sorry, 2014, 14. and then 2015 like dashboards of, yeah. of all my affiliate courses I promote. Uh, all the products I promote, all the services I promote, and I'm like, this is what I made from this. This is what I made from this. This is how I, you know, this is where the traffic came from. Even on Monday, what was that yesterday? You showed uh-huh. me your ClickBank when over the weekend, yeah. when we were doing the yoga and the well, that pool party. You yeah. never checked your email, and then you know Monday morning you opened your ClickBank. You're like, Chris, look at this. I was like, <laughs> I was like fuck me. And the thing is, I you know I wish I can kind of just show this super openly to everyone, but not everyone is going to be earnest and understand. Like, first off, how to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't want to just create a bunch of copycats for no reason. Yeah. But I don't mind showing people who are genuine and earnest and want to do it in their own niches and want to do it in a kind of like an honest, ethical way. So that's why the course is available. And just to be 100% clear like and open about it is I, I didn't make this course to charge $200 and let people in forever. My goal is th- this course is going to be 500 bucks. And there's a chance that it might be more than that in, in the future because I'm kind of showing a lot of very personal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, it's not really worth me showing it to everyone for 200 bucks because this is like years of hard work. Yeah, I don't and, think so either. And years of personal information. I actually have an email from you from 2009, I think, yeah. telling me about your affiliate business and how to do it. Mm-hmm. When you were trying to convince me to move out here, yeah. <laughs> you were trying to convince me to make money as an affiliate. And I was yeah. like, 
I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And the answer is no anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it took me six years to finally figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, now I finally figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. So, you know, this is, it, I spent a lot of time, a lot of money figuring this stuff out. And that's why the price is going to be a lot higher. But you guys are kind of lucky because for the first 60 days, I believe, and, and so this going to be another month or so, uh, ClickBank, you know, the, the service I'm on, uh, forces a, a price cap of $200 just because they want you to have a track record you know, of people in, in the course. So as soon as that, that month and a half is up, or probably a month from now, that, that I'm driving the price up. Uh, but I wanted to let everyone know that if you guys do want to join for kind of the intro price, you know, you guys are welcome to, and you guys will get lifetime access. I'm not going to limit everyone saying, like, okay, like, you only get version 1.0. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever updates I put in, uh, whatever the new videos are, whatever the new modules are, you guys can get access to that. So, excited. I'm really I'm really excited, man. Like, good. I, I want to train, like, an army of, of affiliate marketing entrepreneurs now. That seems to be the way to go out here, man. Like, yeah. Like, some people are crushing it. I'm, and yeah. I'm lucky because I have access. I'm friends with people making thousand dollars a day ridiculous they're making a lot more than i am but i'm learning from them and i'm going to share these tips with you as well so you know in the course not only am i going to show you what i've done personally to make you know extra couple thousand dollars a month i'm going to show you guys you know when as i learn because we're going to be in this private uh, community together i'm going to give you guys access and kind of show you what i'm doing in the future to, to scale it up even more so join become an earnest affiliate Chris, thank you for being on the show. So glad to be here. Dude, it's been fun, right? It's been fun. Thank you for being in Thailand, to be honest. Yeah. And because it's it's nice having a, an old friend, you know, someone kind of from my old life out here yeah. as well doing this. Oh, it's been so, so much fun out here. All right. So, see you guys. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.